The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello and welcome to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio with me, Sam Hales. This is the show where we take an in-depth look at a person's life and faith. And today in the studio, I'm delighted to introduce two people I'm going to be talking with today, Seth and Nerva. Seth and Nerva are a husband and wife songwriting duo from America, and their debut album, Never Alone, was released last year. They've been since playing shows on both sides of the Atlantic, most recently here in the UK at the Big Church Day Out. And you have, of course, heard their single brother here on Premier Christian Radio, But now it's time to meet the couple behind that song, Seth and Nerva. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having us, Sam. We appreciate it. So tell me about this song, Brother. How did you first come across it and what made you want to record it? Um, Well, a person at our label actually uh, just brought us the song, the the album. It was by a group called The Brilliance, who's Mm -hmm. also on Integrity. And he was thinking, man, it would be really cool to, you know, get a hip-hop artist to cover this song. And and then we, in the conversation, we were like, man, well, what if we connected this song to Toby and we did the singing part and he could, you know, so it just, it sort of, it it was like a dinner that became like a writing session slash brainstorming session. And um, we, so we started thinking through that. He really liked the idea. Um, Nerva at first was like, you know, basically she was like, I'm not singing that song. <laughs> yes. Really? It was, uh, it, the lyric just haunts you and just mm. really confronts you in the face. And so I said, am I there when I look at the face of my enemy? Do I see my brother? So I took time to really um, think about that. And we had done young adult ministry prior um, maybe three years, and we yeah. talked about the importance of really thinking about what you're singing and mm-hmm. not just go through a song and sing it in worship. Mm-hmm. But that lyric definitely was, um, it demanded my respect. And so I took time, sure. we prayed, and we thought, okay, this is something that Jesus recommends and admonishes us to do. It's his word to forgive and to love our enemies. And so that was the, it became the standard and the aim for us especially in these times we're living in right now. So. Yeah, and that, like even when I first heard the song, immediately I was like, oh, man, this song is so timely. It's, you know, there's so many divisions, everything. This really speaks to that. And then when she said that and she was like, well, I don't know, I was like, why? And she looked at me, she's like, well, can you say that when you look at Jeremy, do you see your brother? I was like, no, but it's a good song. <laughs> but, I, but, but ultimately yeah. where we landed on, we were like, you know what? I probably can't in many cases, but I want to become that kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe the song, even though we're not quite there yet, it's a vision caster, mm-hmm. and it's something we can, you know, through prayer and the grace of God, we can attain to becoming those kind of people. Yeah. So that's yes. that's how we landed on. We tentatively yes. said yes. <laughs> we did not know that the song would become like the main. We thought it'd be one that's kind of hidden on the album, no and just as meaningful for us, and we could sing it at events and share about it. But mm-hmm. we didn't know it become like our main first release. Yeah and all that so that was taken off isn't it yeah Yeah. it's kind of like became the song that people know us for which is kind of scary but then at the same time you're like man okay guy help us to help us to represent this well and and really highlight whatever it is in the season you want us to get across Mm. as a message and it's interesting looking at the video because you've used some imagery i mean not just Mm. martin luther king historically but i think even some more recent images that certainly conjure up some of what we've been seeing even here in the uk about 
issues with race and the police in America. Mm -hmm. um, so was that at the forefront of your minds when talking about, you know, enemies and how do we deal with that sort of political issue? Man, you guys ask great questions. <laughs> it definitely became the thoughts surrounding the message yeah. um, when you... Think about enemies, the enemies that you have. And nowadays, if you just disagree with someone, they mm -hmm. can subconsciously become your enemy. But um, just the, the recent events, uh, the, the Orlando thing, and then um, a lot of tension was stirring in, in our nation, mm -hmm. pol political tension and all those things. And so we, we definitely wanted to capture that in the video and in the message and say, hey, Let's just pause and let's just think about how do we want to treat people that we disagree with, people that harm us, people that hurt us. Let's just really think this through. And so mm. it just really helped to capture that message as we were putting those thoughts together for the video. Now, here on the program, we always like to go back to the beginning and ask about people's testimonies. How mm. did you both get to this place now of releasing Christian music and touring? Uh, when did you first both encounter God? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I, I didn't grew up in a Christian home. We were churchgoers, but that was just about it. I got born again in college. I mm. was singing in a choir, like an academic choir that would travel to different churches, and I heard the gospel message for the first time, and I knew that was something that I really, really needed. I ran to the altar, I believe, even before they offered Christ. I was yeah. just down there weeping like, I need this. Just growing up in a... Um, broken home, my parents had divorced, music had become something that I hid behind to feel significant and to just feel important. But God knew he wanted to just re really do a deep down soul work in my heart. And so that began a process of my just um, getting to know Jesus and him transforming my heart. And it's, it's been a journey. But um, I'd say in college and uh, meeting Seth and marrying him, I think he brought a um, I'm a feeler, and mm -hmm. he's very much so a thinker. He just brought a lot of discipleship depth into my um, walk with the Lord. And so that's my short version of how I came Fantastic. to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a uh, you know kind of small town Pentecostal church, a lot of great folks, um, a little bit on the wild side at times. You know, we had the occasional <laughs> runner in service. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. One guy actually missed the corner and ran right into the wall. It was crazy. Oh, wow. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's you know one of the great um, emphases in that church was an, on experiencing God, mm. and and I really did have you know a couple moments in youth group where I um, connected with God in a way that was really deep, and um, it was you know hard. It, it was difficult to simply explain away as some kind of psychological phenomenon or mm. something like that. It really was this real encounter, and people would come and speak um, to me and say something that was so specific in my life and, and speak into something that I was just praying about that I'd never even seen before. And so I had those great experiences mm -hmm. growing up, which I'm thankful for, and knew that, walked with Jesus at an early age. Um, in college, actually in high school and college, I really began to wrestle with um, intellectual doubt. And I was a math, I became a math major in college. Okay. And so I was kind of just, you know, kind of left brain, analytical thinker. And you know, a lot of the questions I just didn't have good answers to in, in my churches, it just was of a particular stream that didn't encourage um, questions mm -hmm. and made you kind of feel like, you know, any doubts or thoughts like that were sinful and to be kind of hidden and just willed away. So it wasn't a good environment for me. It kind of sent me into a, a negative place for quite a while. But through even in that... Um, 
you know, I feel like God providentially placed the right person in my life at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I would find a book here. I'd find this teacher that would really help. And it was kind of a 10, 15 year journey of wrestling with God and, and walking through these deep issues. 10 that, years, it's a long time. It's a long time, even into our marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, she, she kept like saying, where are these, why are these books coming in from Amazon every day? You know, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's happening? <laughs> and then I'd be in my room for hours just reading and, so, you know, seeking, seeking truth and trying to do my best to understand. Finally, I, I found a, uh, college, a university out in L.A. Uh, called Biola, Biola University, mm. and got connected into their master's program in science and religion, and that kind of brought some structure, some good mentors, and mm. um, since then, man, it's really it's really helped me, I think. Even during that time, I didn't, mm. I didn't walk away from God, though, mm. because I had had these deep experiences. Mm. I knew there was some central things to Christianity that I could sort of hang my hat on, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was like, man, mm. I can't. I don't feel confident about it. So it's sort of sure. in a faith-seeking understanding, seeking confidence yeah. through that 10, 15-year process. And I, and I still will have things that I have. I have a Word document on my computer. It's called Bag of Questions. <laughs> and I'll still get one. I'll write it there. And when I can pull it off the shelf and look into it, I do. Uh-huh. But I don't have the same kind of deep um, yeah. a- anxiety-inducing yeah. uh, moments that yeah, I used yeah. to with it. And so that's been great. And through that, man, I, f- I feel like God has deepen my walk with him mm-hmm. and really giving me a heart for people that go off to university mm-hmm. and struggle with their mm-hmm. faith. And that kind of led us into doing mm-hmm. young adult 20 something ministry for a few years. And, and so I feel like the stuff I learned, I was able to pass on mm-hmm. to people in that same situation and, and it turned out to be helpful for them. So that's kind of my, yeah. my journey. That's really interesting. And, and actually something that we're aware of here um, mm-hmm. in the UK church that's Often, as you say, when people go to university, yeah. often, sometimes it seems, churches aren't interested in going into the intellectual questions that people have. And I'm sure people yeah. have left the church both in, here in the UK and also in the US when they haven't found those answers. You know, For sure. Is there, is there more that the church needs to be doing to say, actually, we welcome these questions and we want to try and answer them rather than just ignore them? Man, yeah, yeah, yes and amen. <laughs> I would say, you know, I mean, we always have our weak spots, right? No matter what denomination, no matter what age in the church. But I think, I think God is graciously reminding us that mm-hmm. we cannot bypass discipleship mm-hmm. and just go to trendiness and try to mm-hmm. try to entertain people into loving Jesus. It's mm-hmm. just too short lived, and we're seeing people in the U.S. I don't know the stats here, but depending on who you read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's anywhere from 40 to 70% that are leaving after high school. Right. And they don't know if they'll come back. Some of them might trickle back when they have kids, but that's not very mm. um, hope-inspiring. So I think the people, you know, we do work with some organiz- organizations as well that try to teach worldview. And I think as, as part of our discipleship training for students, we need to, be, we need to give them safe sp- spaces to question and work through stuff where mm-hmm. we can help guide them and be honest, you know, when we don't know, I don't know, let's work on that together. Yeah. But there are a lot of great thinkers in the church, um, in Christianity, I mean, incredible mm-hmm. top-level thinkers that were not drawn from the great work that they've done, the material they've done, mm-hmm. and, and giving it to people in the church where they could really benefit. So mm-hmm. I think it was, um, you know, William Lane Cray that said we basically – are you know sending our kids out to war a, a battlefield with no armor and nothing but like you know maybe a butter knife or something mm-hmm. at best 
Um, and I just think, yeah, that needs to be part of what we do in church is really yeah. create a safe space, yeah. give some training. And it's not a militaristic, I'm going to pound this worldview into your head. Mm. It's, it's, it's an organic kind of natural place mm. where we help them come to a knowledge of the truth and where they can wrestle those things out in a safe environment. Yeah. So tell me how you both met, because you are both involved <laughs> in music, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, before being Seth and Nerva and releasing music yes. on your own, you've worked with some amazing artists. So why don't you tell me a bit about that and then how that led to you two meeting each other? I'll let her tell you and then I'll correct her. Seth and I met on the road, actually. We had made careers out of, like you said, singing for... Christian artist. I was actually singing with Toby Mack, and he was with Kirk Franklin, gospel mm -hmm. artist. And there was a Billy Graham crusade in San Diego, California, and we met backstage through a mutual friend. Yep. Now, the funny thing about that day is I don't remember meeting him, <laughs> but I did watch his that's entire the funny concert. Thing, Left a real I, impression. I I that's what I said, right? I must have been really on that day. I know. <laughs> and later on that year, um, Toby played Orlando near his hometown, and Met again. Met again. Backstage. And I still, once oh, again, yeah. to not remember me. I do remember the day. Oh, well. But, um, and it was love at second sight. Yeah. Like, for me, yeah. that, not for her. It's like 554. No, she doesn't, she's like, are we married? Do I, do okay, I love you? No. Okay. No, I'm so, just playing. No, it's all good. No. So we get hired um, that next year to do some work in Dallas together, um, some background singing. And we became friends. A friendship um, yeah. developed. And... The friendship was so awesome and so so rich. Like he, he could have these awesome conversations. I remember um, us going out, group dating, and then uh, we just closed restaurants, having these really good talks. Um, but I think I had made a I commitment. <laughs> at, he met me at a time where I made a commitment to just pause and and not date, uh -huh. and just really focus on my relationship with the Lord and life, and just. Hitting the pause button on, on on that, you want to take it from there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That how she gave that butt. That was the same. No. That was the same kind of thing. She when I told her how I felt, she no. like she listed yes. all these superlatives. Yeah, you're this and that, but nah, it just ain't gonna work oh, out. Nice. You know, she wanted to be really good friends. Okay. Well, you know, long story short, I left the country for a few weeks, came back. I was gonna cut it out. Like I'm like I'm not talking to her anymore. Put myself out there. She's not wanting it, so I'm done. She texts back, then ends up calling, and I'm like, we end up talking for like three hours on the phone. We continue to talk. Well, so I think she's changed her mind. Like, I thought, my, man, my prayers really worked. God has changed her heart. Well, meanwhile, she hadn't, but she just really wanted to be good friends. But oh. my, thankfully, in this case, my false perception kept me in the game long enough for her okay. to actually change I her really heart. <laughs> I really meant it. And at one point, she just, I think, I don't know, I think I won her over through the power True. of friendship. Through friendship, actually, yeah. and consistency, and just awesome character. And then finally, God opened my eyes. I was like, wait, he is awesome. Yikes, he's handsome. So, what do I do? So, yeah. <laughs> That was so it was a long road, and you can, you know, just encourage the fellows out there. You can get out of the friend zone. It can be done. It can be done. Yes, it can be did. done. It was did. worth it. <laughs> so we did yes. it. Yeah, we got married, and and so we've been lived in Nashville for a while. Moved to Florida. How long you been married? We we're coming up on eleven years, actually. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. And now we're kind of diving into this new adventure. We did background singing. Yeah. For yeah. many years. Kind so of tell, tell me up. a bit more about that. I know you were with yeah. uh, Kirk Franklin, one mm -hmm. of your heroes, I understand. Yeah, man, one of my heroes. It was it was amazing. Um, you know, I like I said, I grew up in kind of a small town. We didn't, 
and this is pre-social media, mm-hmm. pre-American Idol, so you you didn't know how to quote unquote make it, okay. or how to get out there. Like I didn't know anybody in the industry, but I was making a demo, and I got passed to a guy who passed it to a guy who was on Kirk's team, right? And they, this guy um, called me and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna have you audition for Kurt Franklin," and I was like. Are you serious? Like, I'd never even met him. I, you know, they seem so far, like, mm. in another land. And he's like, I'm on my way to his house. He's going to have you sing for him. And I was like, oh, no. So I was, well, he didn't have, he didn't end up calling me for a week. And I, every day I was warming up. I was like, you know, drinking my voice tea and <laughs> and uh, trying to get ready for this moment. Yeah. And I couldn't hardly eat. I was so excited. Well, he ends up calling me, like, a week later. He's like, okay, I'm really on my way to the house now. So he calls me from the house. I hear him playing my demo in the background. Wow. And I'm just like, my heart's beating fast. I'm on my parents' corded phone, you know, <laughs> listening to the. And uh, finally he's like, man, this guy, he's like, I, Kirk's listening. He's, it's just not going to work, man. He's, oh, man. He, he thought he likes your voice, but it's like, it's just too this, too that. Sorry, it's not going to work. And my heart just dropped to the floor. And then he said, just kidding, here's Kirk. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, isn't that cruel? I didn't even know that well. Anyway, so I started, I just like, I was, I was, it was after my junior year in college. I was studying math. I was on the basketball team. Quit everything. Flew out to Dallas next, the next week. And I was, all of a sudden my life was changed just like that. Like, and through him, I met a ton of people in the industry. We went right on tour. Got to tour with, uh, that's when I met Donnie McClurk and started traveling with him and, we got to sing. Just all, I mean, I remember once getting to back up Whitney Houston, and I was like, what am I doing up here? This is crazy. Like, I just <laughs> never thought growing up where I grew up that I would get to do anything <laughs> with that. But it was a huge life change. It was amazing, yeah. amazing experience. How did the music stuff kick off for you? Oh, wow. You know, I went to college in Nashville and uh, a small college called Fisk University. After I graduated, I just stayed there and worked normal jobs. My parents were like, we know you're pursuing this music thing, but we need you to get a J-O-B. <laughs> and so I just worked normal jobs. And then finally, doors began to open up. Um, I was uh, got to do some youth ministry with uh, Joyce Meyer Ministry. Okay. And so we went from state to state, just promoting um, anti-violence assemblies and things like that. On my way home from one of those flights, I get up before the flight takes off to get a window seat, because I love window seats. <laughs> the seat was empty, and up walks a gentleman, and he looked familiar, but I didn't know he was. Immediately, I go back to my seat. Later on, a friend from our ministry introduces to him me to him. Well, she and was, sit- she was actually sitting in the seat. I was sitting in the so seat. So he was like, uh, I think you got my window seat. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it was Toby Mac. I had uh, no idea. Later on, he, um, I'm introduced to him, and they, he said, I was looking for a singer. And some guys back in Nashville told me to, to try to find you, and here you were sitting in my seat. Yeah, so I exchanged. That's right? incredible. It's That's incredible. incredible. I exchanged information with my um, contact information with his manager. And two weeks later, auditioned. Um, as I was walking out the door, the next girl was walking in. I was like, oh, I hate auditions. I'm not auditioning for anything else. But he took a chance on me and let me tour with him. And that has been amazing. I, I made a list the other day of all the countries I had visited, and it was like 20-something countries. Wow. I grew up in the south side of Chicago where you only dream of traveling mm-hmm. the world. So mm-hmm. it's been a fantastic ride. And living in Nashville, you... Um, you meet so many. I mean, you throw a rock up, it lands on a musician. Yeah. So we've gotten to travel with some awesome artists. Yeah. Chris Tomlin, Nicosi Mullen, Natalie Grant. And yeah, so man. it's 
It's been quite the it's journey, been, quite the ride. And then we kind of started getting hired to do background sessions, just the two of us mm -hmm. in Nashville, yeah. and do all the parts and everything. Yeah. And then we would travel, do it live. And so I was like, we kind of, yeah, it's kind of works singing together. Yeah. <laughs> kind of neat, you know? So over time, we were like, sure. that's kind of the progression for us. Okay, great. So from there, was it then just starting to think about writing together? Or? We didn't much, honestly, like, to me, back then, writing was like, it just felt so beyond me, mm. like a daunting process. Like, how do you sit down? Are you kidding me? Sit down and, with a blank canvas mm. and write a song. Mm. I'd rather you give me a song and I'll do the, mm. I'll, I'll work out the arrangement and all that. So we, she, had had, she had some songs that she had written a long time ago, and I helped her produce an EP, mm -hmm. just a solo one. Then when we moved to um, Florida... We had a few songs just kind of sitting back yeah. that we actually had worked on with some friends and mm -hmm. stuff. And we were working at a university. We were going to take those songs and put them out with the university, but then it didn't work out there. Mm -hmm. So while we were doing young adult ministry, we said, well, let's just take those songs and do an independent project on the side. And those, so that's we just kind of took one little step at a time. We met a producer there in town that was really good, and we collaborated and, and just took steps to do it. And it was like... Probably from start to finish, the EP was like seven years <laughs> from the time we started. <laughs> really? You know, yeah, so you just because we're just doing other yeah. stuff, you're kind of pulling it off yeah. in pieces. But you know, the, it, looking back, it was kind of cool to just continue to take those mm. little baby steps. You mm -hmm. just never know yeah. where it's going to end up. Somebody passed that to an A and R at Integrity Music, and so they call us up out of the blue, and it's like you know, from there, all this stuff starts happening. So cool. you just. Next you thing you know, know, sitting in yeah. London talking to Amazing. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and so you just, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild how it happens. I'll never like forget that. Seth said, uh, some, somebody from Integrity Music called. I said, for what? <laughs> and I was like, to talk to us. I said, about what? Right. Nice. And so I was so stoked. But, yeah, yeah, it was. Tell me more about the young adults ministry you were involved in. Uh, what did that look like? Yeah, well, so we it was our, our home church in Tampa, we had, um, let's see, we started, they're, they're basically the, the pastor, he was friends with my parents because my dad has worked there on staff for a little while on the grounds and, and um, kind of building construction stuff. So anyways, he approached us um, about doing it, a young adult ministry, about starting one within mm -hmm. the church. They didn't have one at the time. And we were both like, well, uh, we didn't go to school. We, we actually told us too, like, I didn't go to school for, for pastoring um, we've never done pastoring. I've never preached a single message in my life. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure why you would want us to come, but we, I do, I have studied a lot and I've, and I love, we love working with young people doing discipleship, just kind of doing life with them. And so he was like, that's all I want, you know? So he had us come in and it, I mean, we were just literally, we were kind of taking in everything we could to learn about this church thing. We just have never done church planting. So it's, it's kind of like, planting the church within a larger church right. and we just started building slowly man one, one of the things kind of what I shared with you earlier that I that I felt like that God wanted us to bring and that I felt passionate about was really not just trying to make a trendy young adult thing that's vibey and fun which is fine mm -hmm. I, we actually did try to do that as a as a an outgrowth of a larger vision of what we had but the main thing we wanted to do was to to really help people know what is it, what it looks like to be an apprentice of Jesus mm. in the in two thousands in mm. America in Tampa, yeah. which was one of the most unchurched um, cities in the U.S. Yeah. And so it was really interesting learning. You know, we it was it was incessant tweaking as we went along, 
But I, I took my cues largely. There's a book by a guy named J.P. Moreland called Keenum Triangle. And he actually got this idea from um, Michael Green. So he's a historian, a church historian. He basically boiled it down to three things that gave the early church the ability to flourish in a cultural context that was set against it. Um, and the three things were um, a, a deep, loving community full of character, like so much love for each other that it splashed out even beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing was um, there, it was the manifest presence of God that mm-hmm. accompanied their ministry. And the third thing was their ability to outthink their, pon- their opponents ideologically mm-hmm. and really they understood what they believed and why they believed. Mm-hmm. So those three things I thought, you know, the power, yeah, the manifest true. presence of the spirit, character, in the mind, I thought, man, if we could just cultivate an atmosphere where these things are encapsulated, I think it would be really strong because mm-hmm. if you've been in church for any length of time, you know that those three things are really hard to get together. Mm-hmm. Like usually if you get people that are excited about the presence of God, mm-hmm. they don't want you to really think as much. <laughs> if you get really thoughtful, kind of egghead church, you know, yeah. which I love too, it tends to be like, mm, we don't want too much of the manifest presence mm-hmm. of God. You yeah. know, that's kind of weird. So, but to pull all three of those together, we, we actually got to see that happen at that mm-hmm. young adult ministry wow. increasingly over time. And we feel like, you know, definitely wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we saw some of the the most long lasting fruit that we've experienced mm-hmm. in a ministry um, during our time there. So mm-hmm. we tried to build the services and small groups based on, okay, how do we help cultivate those three things Mm. in this group? Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of part one of the profile. But do stay tuned because there's plenty more to come in my interview with Seth and Nerva, the musical duo. We'll be hearing much more about their life and their faith here on Premier Christian Radio. We'll be right back after this. The Profile You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello and welcome back to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio. My name is Sam Hales and we're about to hear the second part of my interview with Seth and Nerva. But just before we do that, I wanted to let you know that you can get a free copy of the magazine that I help edit. It's Premier Christianity magazine. If you go to our website, which is premierchristianity.com, you can request a free sample copy of the latest issue and get more interviews, more features, news, reviews, columnists, all of that great stuff for free. So why not head there now, premierchristianity.com, and uh, check it out. We'd love to hear your feedback on the magazine. But now it's time to hear the second part of my interview with Seth and Nerva. Let's pick it up. Here we go. For your music now, where do you see that fitting into that big picture? Is it designed to encourage Christians in their walk? Is there an evangelistic element to it? Where do you mm. see yourselves fitting? Man, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would say, it's, yeah, much of it is designed to encourage, especially off the first album. Like yeah. it was, it was meant to encourage Christians. That, hey, listen, don't. Don't either fall into escapism or like or just fear and withdraw mm. from the culture, uh, and don't just lash out, but stand in courage mm. uh, because God is still with us. He's still on the move. His, this kind of feel and where things are going doesn't surprise Him, you mm. know. 
And as long as he's with us, that's all we need to stand yeah. strong in these moments. So it, one side of it was that. I, th- I, th- I feel like as we're continuing to write and work on stuff, it's going to be a bit of a both and um, because some of the music we're doing, I think even Brother um, has spoken to people outside of the church as well mm-hmm. because it it clicks um, it clicks with people, I think, because there's still an idea in Western civilization that it's good to love, that it's mm-hmm. good to forgive, that um, love is better than hate, mm-hmm. that people should be True. treated um, as equal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still that idea. Yeah. It's kind of like we're, we're still running on borrowed capital mm-hmm. from the Judeo-Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And um, I think some of our songs connect with people like that and give us the opportunity to kind of maybe have them ask questions about where those kind of concepts come from mm-hmm. and how do we sustain that and then how might we become the kind of person because it's easy it's great you know kind of cross stitch and pretty language yeah love you know <laughs> love your enemy yeah. and you, yeah. that sounds great until someone really uh, conflicts with your will mm. and do you have the character resources in that moment to be able to really look at that kind of person and want their well-being mm. not to cheer for their demise you know because mm. that's what we naturally mm-hmm. would go to and I think that we we really try to let the music, songs like Brother, give us a doorway into people that might be outside of the Christian church um, to to begin to open that conversation. Yeah, we we were here in January and we started um, writing some songs with um, Jimmy James, Willie Weeks, and we had such a great time. And the songs mm-hmm. were just so, we just loved them. We took them back to our label and they loved them as well and decided to send us back here to finish the songs up. So we were in the studio really laying down a lot of the productions and vocal, and so we were really stoked about what we come up with. Yeah, there's some kind of eerie connection we have with the U.K. (laughs) I don't know if it was three or four years ago, like we started just listening, not that the U.K. is limited. I don't want to reduce you guys to classical music. But <laughs> we listened to classical music. Like, that was it. our, we didn't listen to music at home outside of that. And really? we, all of our shows were like, and you guys probably think, oh, stupid Americans. But <laughs> all of our shows are like, they're like yes. Paul Dark, uh, Dalton Abbey, oh, uh, Doc yeah. Martin. Like, if, yeah. And it's not on purpose. Like, I don't know why, but we'll yeah. start watching these shows, these shows. And we're like, man, these are really good shows. Yeah. And, and then the music, we're like, really good music. So, for some reason, we came over here and wrote with some of these guys. It was the best writing, some of the best writing experiences we've mm-hmm. had. And we were like, man, why is this clicking? And so then we they started producing it. We were like, man, this is some of the best production experiences we had. Why yes. is this clicking? So we're hoping to come back and actually record some more songs here, maybe even the whole album um, wow. with some of those guys. A few of them are involved with um, Worship Central and Tim Hughes Tim Church Hughes, as yeah. well. But, um, yeah, it's it's been a really interesting uh, kindred spirit yeah. connection here for sure and, and we'll see you know it's been so far so good great that's yes. good to hear <laughs> and I know you, you've played some shows here in the UK as well are there any yeah. distinctives I always like asking American bands yeah. and artists are there any distinctives that's but playing to a British question. audience that's ah. different to, to in America and you know Man, feel free to be honest if, if, if you know if it's all bad over here right <laughs> I won't judge you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, what do you I think? think Big Church Day Out was really fun. Like, they really... It was. You sense they you really... You know... Go ahead. Sorry, no, go you ahead. Go ahead. You sure? 
Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you're on a roll. You go ahead. You no, no, no. I'm on a roll. That means I'm talking no, too no, much. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I sense that they, I, I sense the crowds here really appreciate authenticity. Yeah. And really get into the message and the, you know. And there's certain times when there's such a party, you're wondering, okay, are they even getting it? I wonder what's going on. But here, you just, there's a look in the eye and then there's a, an appreciation you sense mm-hmm. for Authenticity, I think. Yeah, and a, and a versatility, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the U.S., you know, it's it's a little more. You kind of you, you typically Easy. right. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll make this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's garbage. No, it's no. no, it's great <laughs> stuff. No, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, we just might you know with the history of CCM genre and gospel, it's like you, you tend to go in either camp. I feel mm. like. Here it was easier to slide back and forth because yeah. our music kind of encompasses both of those mm-hmm. a little bit, That's and good. I think the audiences um, that we've been uh, been with over here kind of are they're just versed in all of it, so it's not like True. a problem for them. They're not like, oh, that's weird sound. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It just seemed a little more. Uh, I don't know Except the word the, yeah. of the variety of music um, yeah. right away. Well, we did this one uh, conference. What was the renewal conference mm-hmm. with uh, Noel Robinson? With Noel Robinson. Great. Yeah, yes. that, man, we, we just, that was so Loved much it. fun, man. It's quite it was special, like, that event. Oh, it was God. really special. I mean, I'd say so even it's, it's very different even to other stuff that happens in the UK in that it is, okay. in terms of the music, when I've been, it, it has been way more diverse than any other Christian yeah. conference. Because oh, he, he will get in gospel artists, he'll get in people who are more more well-known in other streams mm-hmm. of the church. For sure. Um, and it was beautifully put together, and it's such a celebration mm-hmm. of, yeah, kingdom and multi-ethnicity, all the stuff is yeah. going on. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And even just the other night, we got the chance to go to uh, St. Paul's Cathedral for mm-hmm. a Thy Kingdom Come right, mm-hmm. event yeah. that Matt Redman was um, leading. And he, I mean, man, it was like pipe organ came on, and then it was like, uh, like a hip hop beat yeah. dropped in, and Governor, Governor B was, was rapping, yes. and they were singing, and Matt Redman. Yeah, it was just like, man, I've never urban. seen this, this kind of uh, mesh of things go this well like that. It was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. really neat. But that's kind of where you're coming from as well, right? With a lot of your music. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's why I think there's just been an at homeness <laughs> to yes. to. When we, when we get yeah, here, yeah. For sure. I wanted to talk a bit about touring, actually, because I know both of you have done so much traveling. Mm. You mentioned 20-something countries. Yeah. Um, and I'm just aware sometimes a, there's a bit of a sort of debate that goes on in Christian circles about how helpful that is actually for the artists. I mean, mm. one person recently was remarking that <clears throat> is, it, is it healthy to have Christians uh. who are constantly on the road, perhaps Ooh. not tied in with the home church, getting mm. discipleship and teaching? And I imagine yeah. that's something you battle with on, on the road. How, you know... Where do you fall on that sort of spectrum of is touring with a bunch of Christians great, fun, and wonderful, or actually yeah. do you need the sort of stability and security of a home church that you mm. can't get on the road? Mm. I've seen, you know, for us, it's it honestly has been an ebb and flow of we'll, we'll be on the road for quite a bit and then we'll be at home for quite a bit. Mm. And so when you're at home, what's awesome is you're, you're doing community at mm. home. Mm. There's deep roots there, and you. Um, there's something healthy about being involved in your local church, mm-hmm. and that really helps to keep the right perspective mm-hmm. when you're out on the road. It should, anyway. It yeah. helps, you know. Touring is definitely what you make it. Um, if you're out on the road and you um, nurture your soul with the Word, the presence, and good community, you, you do a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because you're in one city... 
you do the concert, you're catered to, and then you're out the next, and then you're in, you do it over and over, sometimes for months at a time. And I don't know if that is reality, unless you really have a really good kingdom perspective about it all. Because we all have grown up going to concerts and be so ministered to, and so it's very, um, there's ministry happening, but on the soul that is just kind of going through the motions, and mm-hmm. who was that that said um when something becomes too routine for you, stop doing it. Mm-hmm. In ministry, you've got to stop and pause. Um, and so for for me, my daily diet has to be really, really um, disciplined for me to keep mm-hmm. the right perspective. If not, I'll just get miserable just like the <laughs> next person. But done well with the right community, you can really, really soar as well. Because the people you travel with become a, sort of like a small group. Mm-hmm. And um, you encourage one another, you sharpen one another. Or if it's a bad influence, there's that option too. But intentions and the motives of the heart are huge on yeah. tours, and so that's good. I think that's that's the case. Yeah, I think we're evading giving that a direct answer. No, 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 no. no like, yeah. is it is it inherently like unbiblical to travel and tour as opposed to being rooted in local community? I honestly don't know. I think it's a great. Both. I think it's a yeah, great question, both. and I, we would be open to hear in a good dialogue on that by thoughtful people that are biblically rooted themselves. Um, as it stands, I think, you know, I feel like we're in this itinerant kind of ministry right now. And when we're home, we mm. do visit our home church. When we're out, we try to connect with local churches in the areas that we're in. Mm. And I, honestly, that can be really encouraging, too, because mm. it gives us kind of a, mm. a global okay. perspective. And, and it's encouraging, too, to see what God's doing in different parts yeah. of the world. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah. you, I do think... So, yeah, A, I don't know the answer to that, but B, <laughs> I would say we do know that the road life tends tends toward um, a lack of health spiritually if you don't if you don't put discipline measures in place, mm. which is what Nerva was saying. Mm. Like, it definitely is if, if, like, if you were thinking of it being the ocean and the tide pulling you one direction, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't pull you toward, like, spiritual wholeness mm. necessarily. But... We have seen it done, and we have done it, had times when we've done it well, where you, because you do have good chunks of time, if you invest it right yeah. um, with your community on the road and yeah. with your own um, spiritual development, I think you can come off of a tour actually being sure. in a better place than when you started sure. it. I, I guess one of the great things about it must be being able to meet people seeing oh, where they're at, people yes. who've been impacted by the music maybe. Yeah. Absolutely, hearing testimonies, sharing stories. Um, and then God, you know, there's something awesome, too, about, like you said, traveling and seeing the world. God's, God becomes bigger, you know. You see his kingdom more vast. Mm-hmm. And, it, and there's something beautiful about being at the local church as well. So yeah. I think perspective is, is key for sure. And uh, I wouldn't say it's – I guess you could ask that question about almost any, any – um, area of work mm. you know, yeah bringing like God into work bringing and, God into work yeah. bringing God into travel bringing God yeah. into a nine to five and so I think perspective and kingdom intentions are key for sure yeah, with anything yeah. you do you and, and I would say to the glory of God. I would <laughs> no. say if if it is an exception to the rule it is it's an exception to the rule because okay. the rule is you know you want to be involved in local community because mm. there are things that happens in that that can't happen mm anywhere else, you know. But mm. are there occasions in life when you're an itinerant minister that you won't Absolutely. be as involved mm. as you otherwise would be? I, f- I 
my gut reaction is yeah that there's probably a place for that um, yeah. but just be aware be beware sure. when mm. you're in those places <laughs> sure. amazing so um, so tell me about what's coming up for you next <clears throat> what are you looking forward to in the weeks and months ahead man well one of the things she will be completing her time with Toby mm-hmm. in July forever uh, yeah no way. Be, so she'll be stepping just into what we're doing wow. full time uh, the last thing and w- it's kind of cool because it's the DC Talk Cruise. Yes. Um, that will be yeah. her last time. Yeah. So for, yeah. for those who aren't aware, this mm. is this was quite a shock when it was announced. Yes. Absolutely. So, something so DC do. Talk, we should, we should explain this. So DC Talk put out a message saying something big is coming, Yikes. basically. Yes. And everyone was thinking, what is this going to be? I mean, obviously, yeah. Brits were hoping for a world tour and you'd come yeah. by London, obviously. Oh, yes. but, um, but what actually happened was this cr- announcement of a cruise. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a cruise around the Caribbean. Yes. yes. And it's going to be DC Talk and friends playing yep. every night on yes. this, uh, how many nights? Cruise. Maybe five, four or five nights, yeah. Which yeah. you know, obviously, is is quite yeah. expensive for for most right. people, I guess. But it was, um, so it was quite a shock when it was announced. But quite a backlash. Yeah, yes. and there was a bit of a backlash. Do you want to talk a bit about <laughs> what happened from your perspective? You know, it on caught that? me off guard as well because honestly, I didn't know about the cruise or the the reunion, and so we were texting each other. The band members like, "Hey, are you on the cruise?" We don't know anything, and so <laughs> I think someone messaged you, Seth, and said, "Hey, uh, you may want to check your Facebook. That backlash of the reunion tour is, is just intense." And I was like, and then I found out about it. So we got on there and yeah. looked on Facebook. We were amazed. I, I we were was like, amazed. These people are really mad. Yeah, <laughs> I was mad because it was too expensive, or or I think they. Or they're expecting expecting the tour, tour and was hoping that um, there's wanting it to come more in their areas. Right, I mean, there okay. were a variety of different reasons. Yeah. I was taken aback, as well as really encouraged by the amount of people that responded. Yeah. I was like, you can look at this two different ways. Like, you could be like, oh shucks, this is a disaster, <laughs> or yes, then hopefully this will generate a tour. And I because we don't want them to tour. For me you. too. <laughs> I would love to see a world tour. So hopefully, in the future. Um, they would reconsider and think of, of doing a, sure. a tour, even come over here a few times. But, yeah, that'd be nice. um, but, but for now, I think I'm going to say they're yeah. testing the waters. Okay. And this is a cruise. And but we don't know that. We, we don't, don't know. know that. That. This is my wish, my hope, maybe. <laughs> <Our> unsubstantiated. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was something. So. Yeah, it was wild. I think people, I, th- I think because of maybe the way it was worded, the marketing, yeah. like, they thought it was going to be one thing. So they got mad that they felt like it was misleading, I think was one of the charges. Yeah, and the second that. one was like, basically they felt like, yeah, limiting to that, that only a few amount of people True. can get out yeah. there and have work, resources. So, I mean, it really became this angry thing. It was really interesting. <laughs> you must have felt a little bit sort of caught I in the was middle. like, whoa, what's happening? This is something. And I, I know they meant well. I think just yeah. the marketing yeah. kind of got a little bit of, the, not the response they desired. Sure, so, sure. so it was so, something. So I interrupted you. You were no, saying no, in July. In July, you stop working. with That'll be the I last do. thing she does. So you're doing the cruise. Yeah, I am doing the cruise. And then we're also yeah. doing some of. Thankfully, they're going to let us be one of the Yay. and friends. Great, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. So we get to do a little bit. Um, so we're looking exciting. forward to that. Yes. And then we'll be one of the select few people who yes. get to see DC yeah, tour together. Yeah, if they don't do the world tour, this may be it. You know. Make sure World we tour. 
I spoke to Seth and Nerva. They went on the boat with you guys and they said there's going to be a world tonight. Yes, yes, exactly. We live in hope. That's that's the end of an era for you. That's been a long time working with Toby. Yeah, and I don't think it's hit me yet that it's going to happen. I think you do something. I've not done anything that long. But I tell you, I don't know how to explain the the appreciation I have for that whole experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hadn't done a ton of music when he gave me a chance, and honestly, he should have let me go the first (laughs) few gigs. I messed up so many times. But um, Toby Mac and Diversity have become family. They've become our dear brothers. Um, And so it'll be tough. It'll be really hard to leave. And I'm we'll sorry, still be friends. No, no, no. <laughs> it's good. It'll be, t- but it'll be. Um, we'll still be friends. We'll still be family, and so hopefully relationships will continue. Yeah, no, they will continue. But something, yeah. yeah. But we do. You we'll know, it's kind of one of those things. You just you sort of step out on and wait for the water yeah. to pour. We just have felt for a while like, okay, this is for sure. This is the time, and for this assignment, we need to step out into it full time yeah. and. And just, you know, trust we God to open the right doors at the right time and, and that he'll give us enough to at least eat ramen noodles on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, you know, the, the music it is, it sort of touched on lots of different genres. Is it is it slightly frustrating when journalists like me say, so what does your music sound like? Yeah. <laughs> just go listen to it. <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's not frustrating. It's just... Um, no, it's not frustrating. Not at all. So how would you describe it? I like it your then? definition of it. It's like you said it's kind of sort of a urban contemporary worship. Right. And so we we <laughs> I've sung with Toby many years and he comes from more of a gospel background, mm-hmm. which is ironic. You look at me, our skin colors and you would think the opposite. <laughs> but we put a little bit of our flavors into the song, yeah. so it's a kind of a hodgepodge of different styles and we love that because when we would do worship, we would travel to different churches. Um we could kind of sense the atmosphere, and mm. sometimes Seth would be awesome at just kind of going off page and going into a style that the crowd could really identify mm. with and worship with. And so, mm. we tried to do a little bit of that on this record too. Yeah, man. So, like we'll have, you know, it kind of is like that uh, St. Paul's oh, night because awesome. we'll have some of these moments that are just, you know, the, the, what you might expect to hear mm. at mm. a passion conference mm. worship song, but then we'll have a hip hop verse on the next song. Yeah. Like, so it's, we try to, you know, take people okay. on a journey, but still mm. be authentic to the sound that we feel like we've been mm. narrowing in on, which yeah. has this kind of soulful mm-hmm. elements, vocal kind of driven thing, but in the, in the context of kind of this pop soul. Mm. I should I should say we're we're recording this um, just sadly after the terrible uh, terrorist attack which Mm -hmm. um, happened just the other night here in London and also shortly after the Manchester Benefit uh, concert that was put on for the victims of of that bombing so obviously our our nation is sort of reeling from these from these Mm. particular attacks and there's been a lot of talk in the media in general about the Manchester concert of how Mm. this was an opportunity to celebrate love to bring Mm -hmm. people together you must feel like that not only as musicians but as Christian musicians that there's real power in in what you do and Mm. in, in music. Can you speak to that at all? Oh, absolutely. Music and lyrics go into the soul and just really mm. uplifts. The dis- I mean, if you're in the depths of despair, it can just yeah. really speak to that. If you're feeling just ho-hum, it could speak to that. If you're joyful, it could it ride that wave as well. And so just seeing all that, I saw glimpses of that concert, and I was just really um, grateful that Ariana was able to come back and just really mm. continue um just encouraging and just blessing those the victims and the country at large. Mm. Um, I think music 
God's brilliance in creating music to really uplift the soul and just really encourage. Um, and so it's been heartbreaking to see the events here, um, even the most recent one. And so um, we've been prayerful, but what we've been encouraged by is just seeing how the very next day people were up, moving, and just continuing on with life, continuing mm-hmm. doing their duty in the face of, you know, what what meant for evil. They mm-hmm. just continue on and they, they, they carry on, and so they're resilient, strong people. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that music and the message in the music can definitely speak to the times. It, it's There's prayers and songs. There's a just... I don't know, just messages mm. like, you know, you can you can make it through. You can lift your eyes to the King of Kings. There is a plan to mm. overcome evil with good and that's that's the hope we have. And so that's the, the message in our music and, and I pray for, for more encouragement, more um that the people would just unite and just really see the, the beauty in encouraging one another. I, I love how Ariana just, um, she said that she was raising funds for the victims and they've raised a lot of money to, to help. And so mm. nothing unites like music sometimes. So, yeah. For sure, man. Music, it's so, it really is special. Like I, you know, when I played basketball in college, I, on the way to the game, um, you know, I'd be driving in every time and, you know, and I love lectures, but not once to listen to a really inspiring <laughs> lecture. <laughs> On the way to the the game. (laughs) You know, like, man, I throw on that hip-hop, you know, just like getting in the zone, you know. Um, For sure. You know, because it really moves your soul in directions, Mm. you know, even independent of the lyric. And it bypasses, honestly, a lot of times your your um, your kind of barriers, mental mm-hmm. barriers, which yeah. can be good or bad, yeah. depending on the lyric and the message that's going in. That's why we try to be careful with what message we're putting with those beats. We don't want mm-hmm. people to merely be moved by the beats, you know, or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess the the depth of emotion both ways, in, in both the, the joys and, and the mm-hmm. laments, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was interesting to see uh, Bono of U2 fame recently sort of taking aim at Christian musicians and, <laughs> yes, and daring them yeah. to, to write Even some more laments yeah. rather than yeah. just the joyful stuff. Yes. Interesting interesting challenge. That is interesting. I think it was an interesting challenge, and I actually read that when he, when he put it out, and I thought, you know, there was some truth there and some stuff that you're like, ouch. But yeah. you're like, you know, oh me, but hey man, you know, and yeah. maybe I need to take a second look. Because sometimes, you know, we just, we all can get caught up in the, the merchandising of it or the marketing of it. And you forget that, man, we have a calling that mm-hmm. uh, supersedes and transcends mm-hmm. that. And sometimes that a calling includes doing what may not be popular, but what might serve and help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes songs of lament. We actually just recently wrote a song with one of the guys from The Brilliance. And it's just, it's saying over and over again, Lord, have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not like a radio hit song, <laughs> but I think it's a beautiful like song that just we sometimes need those kinds of songs as Christians in our daily life. I probably have sung that song more often than any other song, uh-huh. um, just in moments of, man, Lord, have mercy mm-hmm. on me. You know, I need yeah. just that old prayer, Jesus Christ, you know, Son of the living God, have mercy mm-hmm. on me. And it's something that and songs of lament that probably we could use a little bit more mm, of. And sure. because it, it captures real parts of life, mm. you know, that, man, God's there even in the midst of that. Um, and it doesn't always sound like happy, you know, joy, mm. Um, mm. big dance chorus. You know, mm, sometimes yeah. that's there, too, and mm. that's real. But just having the whole range yeah. and palette of life experience through the eyes of Christ, I think, is, right. is an opportunity 
that Bono kind of oh, yeah. mm-hmm. threw out there that, oh, that yeah. maybe, you know, we could we could try to hear him and, and say, man, maybe we could use a little help in those areas. Sure. That's great. Well, sadly, we are out of time, but it's been oh, fantastic to meet you yes. both. Thank you both so much for coming in. Man, Thank thanks so, so much. Thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, so man, it's been fun. awesome. Thanks. Great to hear from Seth and Nerva on the profile today. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. My name is Sam Hales. I'm the deputy editor of Premier Christianity magazine. If you'd like a free copy of our latest issue, you can get one. Why not head to premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. Just type your details in and we will happily put a copy of the latest issue of that magazine in the post to you. There's more interviews, there's features, news, reviews. Why not go ahead, premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample but i'm afraid that's all we've got time for on the profile this week it's been great to have you with us i do hope you've enjoyed it do stay tuned here on premier christian radio because next it's dave rose with the best of the week with premier playback